Let's talk about the police in uh, the city of Vancouver and Vancouver police officers in action this morning, clearing out that blockade of the uh, viaducts that we've seen in place for the last few days. Let's check in with Adam Palmer now. He is the police of the Vancouver Police Department. I'm very pleased you could take the time this morning. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here. Appreciate it a lot. A busy day for you. Let's just, can you give us an update quickly on, first of all, on the viaduct situation? It sounds like the, those protesters have been cleared out there, out of there peacefully. Have you received any reports on that? Yeah, so that's something that started a couple of days ago. We had some people, um, you know, start out their exercise in their lawful right to protest in Canada. And we always try to facilitate lawful protest. Uh, however, when you get to the point where you're blocking streets, uh, in this case, the viaducts for extended periods of time, we do have to move in at some point when it's safe to do so. But we make sure that we talk to all the parties involved and we always want a peaceful resolution. So we're just working through that with the protesters and that's, uh, that's moving along well. Are there any arrests there this morning, to your knowledge? Um, I know there was a couple of people that were interested in being arrested. Like the way that we'll approach these is we'll go up and we'll talk to the folks and uh, people will identify who wants to be arrested, who's going to walk away peacefully. Most walk away peacefully. But as far as uh, number of arrests, if any, I don't have those numbers right now. But it's quite possible there could be a few. Okay. How do you feel about approaching a situation like that? Do you, when you have a protesters like this, police are moving in. In the environment that we're in today with the heightened awareness of police conduct, do your guys, uh, do you instruct your people to proceed any differently in a case like that? Yeah, so we're very used to dealing with protests in Vancouver. We've been dealing with them for, you know, many, many decades, you know, really probably over 100 years. So for a long time, and it evolves constantly. And the, the process that we take in Vancouver, uh, we do have demonstration guidelines that we post publicly so everybody knows what they are. And we take a very thoughtful, measured approach. And we always try and reach out to the people that are organizing the protesters. And we don't want to have it, you know, come to a you know, major confrontation in the streets. We'd rather work things out peacefully. Uh, the officers, uh, to your question, are very aware of that, how our system works. And, you know, the, everybody's aware that everything they're doing now is filmed and on camera. And it's a very public, uh, you know, type of environment that we police in. But we're totally fine with that. That's the way society is. And, and we accept yeah. that. But we'll work through these things. Yeah, we've seen so many protests recently, largely, of course, across the United States, but we've seen protests in Canada. We've seen calls for police reform in our own country. I mean, if we take a look just across the border in Seattle, where there's a part of downtown Seattle has been cordoned off, and they call it an autonomous zone, where the, mm -hmm. police, are, the police are not going in there. When you see something like that as, as the police, as the chief of police in Vancouver, what goes through your mind? Are you thinking to yourself, I wonder if, something, if they might try something like that here? Well, we realize, you know, you know, this all started, of course, down in Minneapolis, and we're all watching the world events, what's happening. And this is not, you know, particular to Vancouver. It's happening all over the Western world and the United States and Canada, Europe, Australia. These sorts of protests are happening everywhere. But, of course, when we see something as close to home as Seattle and we see that, you know, Capitol Hill, Chaz movement that has started down there, that is definitely something that we're watching closely and, you know, monitoring our, our own situation here in Vancouver. We yeah, don't want that to happen here. Right. And when you watch that, in, do, you think the, do you think they've made mistakes down there? Just sort of basically surrendering control of a big chunk of the city like that? What do you think? Well, I'm that? not going to make comments on what Seattle police um, did or didn't do, because yeah. I know the um, chief of Seattle very well, Carmen Best, and she's a very accomplished leader, and I have a lot of respect for her. But I also know that there's a political environment down there that can be challenging to navigate.
Now, speaking to Vancouver Police Chief Adam Palmer, speaking of Minneapolis, I think this is the first opportunity I've had to speak to you since the events that erupted in the United States with the death of George Floyd. I'm just wondering what your thoughts are on the current situation. And when you first saw that George, the video of George Floyd with that police officer with his, his knee on his neck and he, he lost his life, what went through your mind? What did you think of that? And what do you think about what's ha- been happening since? Well, it was terrible. I remember watching it. I was actually sitting in my office and I heard about it and I was watching it on my computer and it was difficult to watch. And as a police officer, but, you know, especially just as a human being, when you're seeing something like that, um, just really terrible to watch. And that was a criminal act. And, uh, you know, those officers have to be held fully accountable for their actions. Just terrible to watch. Yeah, like when you see an officer like that with a, a knee on a neck like that, uh, restraining someone on the ground, is is that a, a tactic that you would ever approve or that is allowed in Vancouver or anywhere in Canada, to your knowledge? No, I mean, when you're taking somebody down, there are tactics where you are going to, you know, try and roll people over and put handcuffs on them. And sometimes people struggle and don't want to put their hands out. Uh, behind their back and you know there are techniques where you put pressure on their arms or on their back for sure that's a normal way of getting control of somebody and things happen really quickly you know in the uh, middle of an all-on fight but putting pressure on somebody's neck is not something that we we teach and in addition to that I mean that went well beyond just putting handcuffs on somebody after that person was handcuffed they have to be treated respectfully and looked after you don't you know remain putting pressure on somebody that's just horrific Okay, we've seen demands for police reform. We hear some people calling to defund the police. We saw the mayor of Vancouver last week call for a comprehensive review of policing, not only in Vancouver, but throughout all of British Columbia. We got the provincial government saying they're looking at the Police Act and they may change it. In your mind, given all of that, do the poli- do, does the P- Vancouver police need to be reformed? Well, the issue of defunding the police and police reform you know obviously uh, i was aware of that press conference and saw the remarks by the mayor and the premier uh if there is any kind of provincial review we're happy to participate in that you know we're very confident we have very good processes here in vancouver but by the same token you know we do listen to the community and we're watching world events and you know we have to evolve as well and as things are changing and if the general public is not happy with the way things are. We have to be responsive to that and listen to that. But I would say we do have a very good system of policing here in Canada generally and in Vancouver. Um, you know, very um, proud of the method that we do police the city and keep people safe. On the issue that you talked about defunding the police, I think yeah. that, you know, that has really taken on again over the internet. We're getting all kinds of form letters. You know, you can go to websites and download a form letter for your particular city and Police chiefs across North America and beyond are receiving, and city councils, these form letters that are coming in by people. But defund the police is just a hashtag. It's, it's an emotional response to some tragic events that happened. Um, it's not a plan. I mean, I think that if we're going to talk about changing the public safety system in Canada, police leaders are very happy to sit down at the table and have thoughtful, informed, evidence-based discussion And as a matter of fact, many of these things that are coming out are things that the police have been asking for for years, for more supports for mental health, housing, addiction. And, you know, we're very in tune to these issues. And I have reports that we've done ourselves in Vancouver that have asked for those things from over the past 10 years. Right. Speaking to Vancouver Police Chief Adam Palmer, like when when people say the police should be defunded, they they raise similar points to the ones that you just mentioned. Like, why why are police dealing with issues of homelessness and mental health and addictions 
and wellness checks? Shouldn't that be done by frontline social workers or something like that? Do, do you think that, do you agree that maybe police officers should not be handling calls like that? And maybe they could set up a different kind of first response system to deal with situations that fall into those categories? I think that there's definitely room for moving some of that stuff that police do over to other service providers, absolutely. But I think it's also important to have an informed context and really understand that the work that the police do, because many of these calls, it's not as easy to say that all of a sudden we're going to remove police from dealing with people in mental health crisis, because many of these calls, and you know, we work very closely with um, coastal health and other mental health providers already, as do other agencies across Canada. But many of these calls we go to, people are in severe crisis, sometimes having psychotic episodes, sometimes armed with weapons, they're a danger to themselves or others, you know, jumping off bridges, wading into water to, to drown themselves, setting, you know, their building. We had one recently down on Drake Street where a fellow serious mental health episode set his apartment on fire and he was armed with knives and wasn't going to let anybody in and come and put out the fire. So there's nobody that can deal with that except the police in concert with the fire department. And many of these other calls I've mentioned, you're not going to have a a psych nurse or a social worker with a clipboard just go in on their own and deal with many of these types of dangerous calls that we deal with and think that just because it's mental health that a social worker or mental health professional can deal with it better because they don't want to go in alone when it's that dangerous. And we're, we're very well trained on how to deal with those, but I think with some of the lower level ones, for sure, uh, we need more supports that other people could take on. When I listened to the mayor last week talk about his call for a review of policing and you listen to some advocates who are calling for defunding and reforming the police, one of the issues they bring up frequently in Vancouver is a street check street Mm -hmm. checks where a police officer will stop someone on the street you've got critics who will say that police are be uh, police are stopping people arbitrarily maybe based on their their race or appearance what are your what are your thoughts on street checks well that's a very contentious issue and we have done you know extensive study here in vancouver as well as having you know there's been other studies across the country our police board uh made a really good call back in 2018 and had independent Uh, consultants, academics come in and do a review of street checks in Vancouver. Um, There was a very thorough report that was produced. It's public record. And since that time, there's also been changes to provincial police standards where um, they were announced in December of 2019 and they came into effect, I think it was January 15th of this year. And this affects all police in British Columbia and all police in British Columbia do have policies now that fall in line with these provincial standards. I understand how um, police uh, street checks can be very controversial and how people have very passionate views about that. I totally understand it. But we have to balance that with also, you know, police doing their job and being able to, you know, in the middle of the night, if you see somebody that's prowling a business or cruising down a laneway with a a flashlight looking into vehicles, we have to have the ability to, you know, meet up with public expectations as well, that I think the police, if you saw that happening behind your house, you would want the police to pull up and, you know, ask this person what they're doing, shining a light into your car. So there's a balance there. But with the new standards that have come into effect, um, our street checks in Vancouver were already very low, about one per month per officer, and they're about 10% of that now. So now, um, this year, they're down to like 90% reduction from what they were last year. All right, welcome back. Continuing my conversation now with Vancouver Police Chief Adam Palmer. In, in the aftermath of the death of George Floyd, we see a lot of emphasis on police reform, police misconduct, a lot of questions about whether there is institutional or uh, structural racism uh, in the in police 
police forces in North America. What are your thoughts on that in, in Vancouver? Do you think there's any st- structural or internal racism in the Vancouver Police Department? Yeah, so my comments on that, I just think when we look at Canadian society as a whole, we have to remember that we do have a very long history of racism in Canada, you know, dealing you know, with uh, Chinese Canadians going back to the 1800s and more recently even with COVID-19 and all the anti-Asian racist attacks and acts that we saw. Japanese internment during World War II, our Indigenous communities have been treated terribly over the years, like just, you know, horrific injustices in residential schools. Our black communities, our Jewish community, Jewish community actually had, traditionally has the highest number of hate incidents in Vancouver. Um, South Asian community with the Kamigata Maru, um, our LGBTQ community. So there's a long history of racist acts and treatment of people in this country as a whole. Um, and policing, you know, is not immune to people that may have racist views. But one thing I want to say is that um, we do not have a bunch of racists working here at VPD. And I completely would take offense to anybody that suggests that. Because if you think about it, if you take the premise that society as whole has people in it that will be racist, the thing that's different in policing is that our recruiting standards and background checks and investigations are very extensive that you don't see in other occupations. So if somebody wants to get into, you know, media or nursing or healthcare or teaching, they have educational requirements that they have to meet, just like we do in policing. But the only type of background check you would get in many of those other occupations is really a criminal records check, which is very cursory. The sort of background check and screening process we put police officers through is extensive. And we hire very good people, very diverse people, and our our officers are exceptional. And then the training that we give them, uh, not only at the police academy, but also in service training, in cultural sensitivity, fair and impartial policing, um, implicit bias, de-escalation, is extraordinary. And I know that some other occupations will receive training in you know cultural sensitivity and um, awareness but it's not to the extent that you receive in police and then the oversight that we have here is far beyond any other occupation so the accountability mike is incredible in policing compared to regular society Uh, despite despite all that though we continue to see incidents right and we see investigations like people might remember the case of a guy named jamiel moore williams who was uh, tasered repeatedly for jaywalking we saw the the bc human rights tribunal order the Vancouver Police Board to pay $20,000 in damages to a woman because they felt that she had been um, discriminated against as an, an Indigenous person. Uh, we saw the uh, that young girl and her, uh, hand, and her grandfather handcuffed after they tried to open a, a bank account and did, again, Indigenous uh, people. Um, are these, uh, how do you describe these incidents? Are these isolated or do they, are they a representative of something else? Well, all of those incidents that you mentioned all happened. And, you know, we have to remember that we're dealing with human beings and society asks police to go out there and take on all these things. And they ask us to go out there and deal with things in the moment, respond to 911 calls, respond to very challenging situations, some dangerous, some not, but many of the calls that we go to are challenging. And often we're dealing with people really on the worst day of their life and people that are having, you know, very difficult episodes, either it could be mental health or it could just be they're emotionally distraught or in an episode of violence, but they're in crisis in many cases. So, and, and also you have people out there, quite frankly, Mike, that are just dangerous people and criminals and predators and organized crime figures and different types. So okay. we're dealing with all different aspects of society. And when you put human beings dealing with other human beings, things will sometimes go awry and things will sometimes be caught up in the moment that right. when you go back and dissect it, things 
perhaps we could have done better. Like nobody's okay. denying that. But these are difficult positions we put these officers in. 911.